Good morning, everyone. I used to belong to a business group, and there was a gentleman there. We had taglines, uh, and my tagline for Direct Connect was, we are helping the helpers help the helpless. And his tag wa tagline was, growing old is not for wimps. And uh, people would giggle every time he would say that. There was a couple others that were even more humorous, but that one was very humorous. I do understand what he's talking about. Um, my hands have gone kind of numb and my arms have gone kind of numb in working on a fence line. It's the weirdest thing. And it's because using a crowbar to knock out the, the dirt and the rock. So uh, growing old is not for wimps. I don't advise it, but unfortunately that kind of happens to all of us. Amen. All right, here we go. We have some uh, great words of encouragement here this morning. Ken, you have a sweet spirit and servant's heart. Uh-oh, where'd he go? I can't. I have to wait on that one. There you go, and I have more. Here we are. Oh, <laughs> Olivia and Nora, what a blessing you are to the church. You both have such sweet hearts that are always ready to help. Let's give it up for Olivia and Nora. Where's that big smile, Olivia, that you always give? There you go. Hey, did everybody know that Olivia is an artist? Man, she did this for me about four or five weeks ago, and she gave it to me, so I plastered it in my Bible. Thank you very much. So, anyway, there you are. So, Ken's still not here? Okay, here we go. I can't do that one either. Here we go. Olivia, here's another one for you. You always bring a smile to my face. When I see you on Sunday morning at a Bible class, I am so thankful that you love Jesus. Give it up for Olivia once again. I, and she also loves the preacher as well. I appreciate that a ton. All right. Oh, and Nora, there's there's a special one for here here for you too. Nora, it is is so great to see you in Bible class and assembly this morning. I'm also thankful you asked us to pray. Uh, for you and your mom and your dad. Let's give it up for Nora. Jeff. There he is. Grandpa. Is that okay? I call you Grandpa online. Everybody knows. Okay, here we go. Your lessons on encouragement this month have been awesome. I'm deeply thankful that you are a man who lives his message, your message and God's message. Thank you for being a man of encouragement with the spirit of Christ and a heart like our brother Barnabas. Let's give it up for Jeff. Thanks, Jeff. Andrew, thank you for desiring, or excuse me, thank you for using your talents in tickling the ivory keys as we worship and serve the Lord each morning. So let's give it up for Andrew. I also appreciate you do the songs for me, so I just show up and sing. All right, here we go. Now, Ken. Ken, how are you? I'm fine. It's man. great to see you. Ken, you have a sweet spirit and service heart. Thanks for doing double duty this month up front, in addition to all the other acts of service you do daily behind the scenes. You are a blessing. Let's give it up for Ken. All right. Ken and Pam, is your lovely bride working today? Yes. 
Okay, so please extend our love and appreciation. Dear Ken and Pam, thank you so much for your phone calls the last month and a uh, uh, month and a half to check in on me. It means so much to know there are people who are concerned about you. Thank you so very much. You are both very special. Looks like Pat West. There you go. Let's give it up for Ken. Mr. Mr. Yeah, Ken, Ken and Pam. Mr. Compton, I like it when you speak the word of God. Max. All right, Max, me too. I think I got this one. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right, well, let's open up our bulletins. There's a whole bunch of stuff coming up. A whole bunch of stuff coming up. Tonight at the Compton Homestead at 530, we're going to be hosting the, the June... Family Fellowship Dinner. Come on, bring your favorite entree. Bring that great attitude. Bring your Bibles and let's have a good time together. Tonight at the Compton Homestead. Also, too, I love this one. Where is it? It's on the back. Baked Potato Bar. Now, uh, I don't know about you, but I'm totally excited about this fellowship experience. Last year was awesome. How many went to last year's barbecue? Oh my goodness, it was one of the best times. And so I'm looking forward to making it even better with a potato bar. So, uh, all the details are on the back of your bulletin. Yes, Mr. Braxton. I'm not there yet. We go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right down at the bottom here. I even wrote them down. Thanks, thanks, Braxton. I, I appreciate you have concern for your brother, man. That's brotherly love, Ty. Don't you say? Yeah. Don't leave my brother out. Fifth Sunday rally's coming up. Last Sunday in the evening at the Alvador uh, Christian Church. And G4 Summit is coming up. And we have uh, at least two way out of towners from the eastern seaboard, from Virginia and from South Carolina. And we have some mystery guests coming from Ohio. I've been calling around. I thought it was Jeremy Wilson. And Jeremy might show up just because I called him. That's kind of a cool thing. So anyway, I hope you can show up to G4 Summit. By the way, the deadline for your RSVP uh, and campsite registration is coming up the 30th, the 30th, Sunday the 30th. So get it to me before. Some have already done that. And finally, we have some birthday boys. All right. The first one is far away up in Montana. And I don't know if he's watching this morning, but my son Ryan turned 26. My oldest son is turning 29. <laughs> wow. Wow, I don't feel old. I really don't. Yes, I do. <laughs> and my sons are evidence of it. And uh, you know, next week, Jacob's turning, I'm my baby, man. He's turning 23. How's that, how's that possible? Anyway, so Ty, brag, guess what? You're not turning 26. You're not turning 29. You're not turning 23. You're only turning 12. That still could cause trepidation for mom and dad. Yeah. Sixteen's <laughs> right around the corner. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Justine, sorry. So anyway, we're going we're gonna to say happy birthday to these birthday boys. And maybe sing it loud enough they can hear it all the way in uh, Great Falls, Montana. Oh, oh one more. Oh, no, you weren't on the list. Olivia, happy birthday. Now, you're not 12 yet, are you? No, 
I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess you're seven, eight. Wow! All right, that was close. Okay. <laughs> Happy birthday, eighth birthday. That's wonderful. Here we go. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, God bless you. Happy birthday to you. All right. All right. I think I got everything now. Braxton, do I got it all covered? Did I get, did I get it all in there? Okay, good. Grab your bulletins and, and grab your lesson plans if you would. That would be great. And turn your Bibles to the book of Proverbs. Proverbs in chapter 9. We're going to go back once again, and we're going to continue working on the fear of God and the wisdom from above. The fear of God and the wisdom from above. But before we do that, I want to share with you a quote that has always been profound to me. The first time I heard it, it really made me think. Why am I here and what am I living for? Here is the, the quote. Some of you have heard it before. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose. Let me say that once again. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep gives it away because he knows he can't keep it, to gain that which he cannot lose. There is something that if you give up for something that you cannot lose, your life will be richly blessed now and into eternity. Paul said, I would most gladly spend and be expended for your soul. Paul was willing to give everything up to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. How about you and I? That quote was stated in a journal by a missionary named Jim Elliott. He was a bush pilot that flew into Ecuador to bring the gospel of Christ to the Aka native tribe. And he and four other missionaries were killed by that Aka tribe. The beauty of the story is he was willing to lay his life down and make interface with that tribe of, of violent native uh, Ecuadorians. His wife ended up, Jim Elliott's wife ended up participating in a missionary trip to that tribe and many of them became Christians. It's pretty powerful, isn't it? There's a movie out if you'd like to see it. Fox Faith has it out. It's called The Tip of the Spear. And I'll tell you what, Jim Elliott was the one that pierced the darkness, although though he was killed for his faith, he was willing to lay his life down. That's a beautiful picture, isn't it? When we talk about the fear of God, we're not talking about trembling in fear of an angry God who's going to throw people into hell. You know, that is a horrible picture, and that's an incorrect biblical picture. Yes, we should tremble before 
the great sovereign, one and only true God. If a person chooses to reject him and reject the life that he's given, then sadly, what will happen? Sadly, they will have chosen to walk away from the Lord. They will have chosen to given up a life eternal for self-service. The fear of the Lord, if you'll turn to point number one, the fear of the Lord gives us wisdom and gives us the blessings of wisdom. You want true wisdom? Then learn to fear the Lord. Look at the first point. Fear the Lord. What does that mean? It means to humbly adore with great devotion the great God and creator of all things and serve him by serving others sacrificially. Thus Paul said, I would most gladly spend and be expended for your soul. Isn't that what every Christian should have in their heart? Is I would most gladly lay my life down for my wife. I'd most gladly lay my life down for my husband, for my children, for my brothers and sisters in Christ, for my co-workers, for my manager, for my team members, for the young people I'm coaching, for those who hate me. I should lay my life down for them. Isn't that being just like Christ? And isn't that truly not only the fear of, of God to in great awe and adoration and devotion, laying our lives down in service to him by serving other people? Isn't that what that really means? Do you remember what the definition of the, the wisdom of God is? The wisdom of God. Going back to the book of James chapter 3, if you would, on your own time, the wisdom of God, the wisdom from above, is pure and peaceable. It is gentle and willing to yield so that others might be able to share so that you might grow in an understanding of who they are, that you might touch their heart for the Lord. Being filled with mercy and good works, steadfast and sincere of heart, loving first the Lord Jesus and then loving others just like Jesus loves you. That is truly the wisdom of God. Go back and read James chapter 3 and verse 13 through 17. But you know what the wisdom of God is not? The wisdom of God is not selfish. The wisdom of God is not jealous. The wisdom of God is not evil-minded. The wisdom of God is truly the life of God manifest in Jesus Christ. Now the last thing in point number one is to define what it means there to be blessed by the Lord in his wisdom. If you'll walk by the wisdom of God, as the scriptures will teach this morning, you'll be richly blessed. And I want to share what those blessings would be. Notice it says the blessing of the Lord. To be blessed by the Lord is to be richly rewarded with those priceless things of this life Cannot, cannot be acquired with silver or gold. Let me read that again. Let me, let me have you think about that for just a minute. The blessings that come from wisdom, if we will fear the Lord and love and serve him with devotion, is to be blessed richly 
with the priceless things in this life that cannot be acquired with silver or gold. There are some things that you cannot buy. You cannot buy someone to sacrificially love you. You can't buy that. You can't buy that. I know parents who've tried to buy their kids. Say, what does that mean? Buy their kids and the love of their kids by giving them toys and giving them everything they want. And the sad fact is, is when you indulge a child, that child will end up actually hating you. But when you love them and you discipline them when they're little and you coach them as they grow up and you mentor them as adults and they see that they are more important to you than you are to yourself, they're drawn to you. You know, everyone who has a good and honest heart will be drawn to someone who lives by the wisdom from above. You can't buy that kind of love. You can't buy the adoration and the honor and the respect and appreciation of men and women. You can't buy it. You must lay your life down in humble service. No strings attached. And then people recognize that you're a genuine Christian, one who's real. And they'll be drawn to you because they don't meet very many people like that. I have to be honest. And this is a terrible thing, and maybe you have experienced the same thing. That I've experienced people who go to church. Notice I didn't say Christians. People who go to church, and they always have an angle. And the angle is always, they're the end of the angle. They take advantage. That's a terrible thing. That's not Christ-like. That's not the wisdom from above, and that's not fearing God. As the Bible says, we ought to fear God. So I want to talk about the blessings of the wisdom from above. The blessings if you will walk in wisdom like Christ Jesus did every moment of his life. Why do we worship Jesus? Why do we choose to humbly serve him? Why? Because he was selfish? Or selfless? Why do we honor him as the great I am? Because he was selfish? Or he came from heaven to earth so that he would be crushed on a cross bearing your sin and my sin? Something that we could never do, he did for us. When we were still enemies, when we hated God, when we loved ourselves and we indulged ourselves, he went to the cross to die for Bill Compton and for every human soul. And not every human soul will receive him, but the offer is for every human soul. And so I pray that you would recognize these rich blessings that we're about to study can only be for those who will walk in the wisdom from above. Let's read Proverbs chapter 3, or I'm sorry, Proverbs chapter 9 and verse 10 first, and then Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 9 in verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. 
The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The, the humble adoration, devotion, and service to the Lord will help us to grow in wisdom, the wisdom of God, the wisdom from above. Now go back to the book of Proverbs in chapter 3. We hear about this wisdom from above. All of chapter 3 is the wisdom from above, but look at verse 13. Let's read verse 13 through 26. Here is a small section of scripture about the blessings of the wisdom from above. How blessed is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding. For her profit, wisdom, by the way, is personified here because wisdom brings blessings through people and through life circumstance that God provides. For her profit is better than pro the profit of silver and her gain is better than gold. She wisdom is more precious than jewels and nothing you desire compares with her nothing. She is more precious than jewels and nothing you desire compares with her. Long life is in her right hand and in her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are pleasant ways and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her and happy are all who hold fast, uh, hold her fast. The Lord by wisdom founded the earth, by understanding he established the heavens and by his knowledge the deeps were broken up and the skies drip with hunt or with dew. My son, let them, that is wisdom, understanding and knowledge, my son, let them not vanish from your sight. Keep sound wisdom and discretion. So they, wisdom and understanding, will be life to your soul and adornment to your neck. And you will walk in the way, your way securely. Your foot will not stumble. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you, or excuse me, when you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Do not be afraid of sudden fear, nor the onslaught of the wicked when it comes. And the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. How many know what prosperity doctrine is? Prosperity doctrine. There are a lot of churches that preach prosperity doctrine. But their prosperity doctrine has a hook in it. The prosperity doctrine often preached is so that you'll give more money in the plate that's passed. You'll give more money to the programs or whatever the church. This is God's prosperity program. You walk in the wisdom of God. You walk with the wisdom from above, that which is pure, that which is peaceable, that which is yielded, that which is merciful, merciful, working good works to be steadfast, sincere. You work that in your heart in service to others. This brings blessings that you can't pay money to receive. You know, I've never preached about money. Money is a wonderful tool, a great servant, but it's a terrible master. It's important for us to realize now these blessings are from God. Not financial necessarily, but more than that, that which you cannot buy with money. Let's begin and look at the way I've broken this up this morning. I've broken it up into sections. 
the first section, Proverbs 3, 13 through 15, wisdom's infinite value. God's wisdom has infinite value. Let's read that once again, verse 13 through 15. Proverbs 3, verse 13 through 15. <clears throat> How blessed is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding. For wisdom's profit is better than the profit of silver and its gain better than fine gold. Wisdom is more precious than jewels and nothing you desire compares with her. There's three little check marks in your notes. Here's the first thing you might want to note there. There is nothing more precious and valuable than wisdom. It's more valuable than gold. It's more valuable than silver. It's more valuable than precious stones. You can have all the money in the world and die lonely, bitter, angry, sad, overwhelmed with grief because you've lived for the world and not for Jesus Christ. Really quickly, sadly, it breaks my heart. My grandmother from on my dad's side, and you've heard this story before, but it fits perfectly here. She was a gold digger. You know what a gold digger is? Anybody experience a gold digger before? A gold digger in relations is one who looks to take advantage for money. My grandmother married very well in regards to worldly wealth. She was a very beautiful young woman. And she married older men. And when they died, they left everything to her. My mother died a multi-millionaires. But you know how she died? Because she was basically grafting all the time others. She died alone in a nursing home. There was no phone in that nursing home because her daughter had asked them to remove the phone. For what reason? I have no idea. And she was in that nursing home and all of her wealth was transferred in just a very few short days. And she died and her family wasn't there for her. But you know, when she was alive, she could never leave her house because she didn't want someone to break in and steal all of the wonderful jewels and, and silver dollars, mint silver dollars and, and gold $20 pieces. She showed me those things. I didn't believe it was real. She showed it one time. And she asked me, so what do you want out of this? I said, I want you to sell it all and buy a nice RV and travel the country and visit all your grandkids. She didn't do that. Sad. See, all the gold, all the silver, all the jewels are without value in comparison to the blessings of wisdom. You know, the second little check mark there, nothing can be compared to that which is priceless and has eternal value. My son Jacob, as I shared last week, told me that he had respected me as a leader. On how I sacrificed for so many others and I sacrificed for my family. Where did I get that picture? I got that from the Apostle Paul. I got that from Jesus. I've received that from the Word of God. Is it tiring? Yes. Do I get discouraged sometimes? Yes. But then I got guys like Jeff 
that he seems to always know. And he sends me a note or stops by or steals me away or whatever it is he does. I don't know how he knows. He must have a direct connect with God. It's a blessing. So the third little check mark there are just some examples. The love and respect I've experienced from my family. The love and respect I've received from so many of you. The admiration of good men and women in this community who are striving to serve us. By the way, Tom, I'm so thankful you're here. Tom, I should have done this earlier. Could you introduce your 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 uh, in-laws and your wife who I know she's taking care of the little one. Tom is a, a, a first responder, a brother in blue with, with Brian, and I'm just so thankful you're here this morning. Can you share really quickly a little bit? Speak a little funny. I'm from South Africa. Originally, so <laughs> I met Brian through work, and he told me about the church, and that was one thing that we were missing as a family since we recently moved here from Colorado. Uh, it's my father-in-law Dennis, my mother-in-law Pam, and when I was in there with the little terrorists, uh, <laughs> I told I joked with Brian and said, "Hey, we may only come once, and then we're going to be bad because of her." But <laughs> No, no worries. Thanks all for being here. Let's give it up for Tom and his family. Thank you for being here. I've been told that police officers like to interface the bad guys, but when you get to stand up like that, it gets kind of scary. Is that true? It's sort of. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for standing up for us, not only here, but also too in our community. Sure to appreciate you. You see, we need, to, we need to recognize that those who are honored are those who are willing to sacrifice for others. And it's right to honor good men and women who will stand in the gap. That's what it's about in regards to being the wisdom of God and his blessings being beyond any kind of value. Look at the next section uh, in your notes. It's on the back side. A long, enriched life. Some of you say, I don't know if I want a long life or not. Well, the blessings that would come if you will live a life of wisdom. How many have ever, and I don't want you to raise your hands, how many have ever been embittered because somebody didn't do something for you or, or you're incensed because of, where's the focus? Where's the focus? What a terrible way to live. That's bitterness. And bitterness is not a good way to live. But you know, when you look out like Jesus looked out, did Jesus have a million reasons to be bitter? His father sent him here. Did you know the Bible says that? Jesus says, my father sent me. My father sent me. My father sent me. Did you know he said that? I don't know how many times, but it is all over the place in John. Do you think that Jesus would have had a good reason to be bitter because his father sent him to this cesspool? What do you think? And then for for his father to say, look, if we're going to save this vile race, you need to go on the cross and be filled with all their sins. I don't know about you, but I think he had a reason to be bitter, but he never was. He most gladly spent and was expended for your soul and my soul like balls. Isn't that awesome? That's tremendous. And so when we take a look at this, 
this passage of a long life, it can be long and enriched. Look at this, this section of scripture, verse 16 through 18. Long life is in wisdom's right hand, and in wisdom's left hand are riches and honor. Wisdom's ways are pleasant ways, and all her path, all its paths are peace. Wisdom is a tree of life to those who take hold of it, and happy are all those who hold fast to wisdom. Another three little checks. The, by the way, the word long life there, the word long can be everlasting. So I believe it's speaking about when you become a Christian, you have life everlasting in Christ Jesus. But notice the three little checks there. A life filled with the riches of God's glory and God's honor and recognition for your service. How many know what God's glory is? God's glory. You cannot buy it with money. God's glory is his compassion. God's glory is his, his heart of forgiveness. God's glory is his mercy. God's glory is his grace. God's glory is his great courage. God's great magnificent character is God's glory and it's given to you. You know the power of God's glory? You can change another person's eternal destiny by being compassionate and gentle and understanding. Did you know that's true? It's absolutely true. That's how I was one to Christ and that's how others were by seeing the life of someone else and desiring that life for themselves. And so we're given a life filled with compassion, filled with gentleness, filled with patience. That's the first of great God's great riches. The second little check, a life that is both pleasant and peace, peaceful. Pleasant and peaceful. Can I give you an example of that? A pleasant and peaceful life. It's been a while since I've seen TJ. TJ's been crazy busy. Some of you know that he works tons for his family. It's awesome. But he also is coaching the next generation. How many know that's true? Man, I don't know about you, but being a mentor to the next generation is powerful stuff. And so... In this passage here, or this statement here, a life that is both pleasant and peaceful. My life is going crazy. I know his life is going crazy with all the stuff he's doing. And said, hey, you want to get out of Dodge and go have a little fun? Guess what? He said, yes. So I don't usually do fun. Some of you know that. And so when he said yes, and my wife said yes, <laughs> Did your wife say yes? Hey, man, we're talking. We got a ticket to ride. Woo-hoo! And the, the pleasure of being with a brother in Christ is hanging out, encouraging one another. By the way, he saved me probably at least three days on my fence line with just a little word of encouragement. You're making your holes for the fence posts too big, man. I was making fence post holes that, I mean... I didn't need to be making. I mean, literally. Am I literal? I don't need to make fence holes, fence post holes that big. He's going, good night, man. How many fence posts are you putting in that hole? Two. I could probably put six in that hole, couldn't I? Uh, so guess what? His little word of encouragement saved me several days on the fence line. Thank you, Brother TJ. 
pleasant it is to have brothers living together in unity. Amen? Woo! All right. I'm just saying that's a beautiful thing. Now, look at the next one. A life that is resilient. I, I love this one. Uh, wisdom is a tree of life. Uh, who, 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 uh, wisdom is a tree of life for those who take hold of it. You ever seen a tree planted by streams of water? Not very many dead ones, are they? Nice and green and lush and beautiful, fruitful. Amen? That's what happens to a person who will live like and for Christ. A life that is resilient, strong, and filled with contentment. I received a really sweet text message last night from a gentleman that, uh, his name is Greg Amarelli, and he is working with me to help uh, local LEOs, uh, particularly now we're working with Lane County Sheriff's Office. And he gave me one of the most sweet and awesome compliments in the world. But that really moves me. Could I pay him to give me that kind of compliment? Could I pay my son to give me that kind of compliment? No, you can't do that. But you can receive those for free. Well, not really. Laying your life down in service to others. It's amazing. Well, look at the next one really quickly. I'm going to just go through that one very fast. Proverbs 3, 19 through 20. Look at what it says about our great God. The Lord by wisdom. The Lord used wisdom. He founded the earth by understanding. He established the heavens by his knowledge. The deeps were broken up and the skies drip with dew. Might I ask or might I share with you that the wisdom of God will help you be creative to touch other lives? The word is creative here. Our God is creative. Wisdom, understanding and knowledge have given him what? The power to create this amazing universe. And he created you. Unique and you stink. Unique and distinct. How many remember this statement? That you're one of a kind. There's never been anybody like you before. There'll never be anybody like you again. You're one of a kind. Which makes you how valuable? Makes you what? Priceless. Do you treat people like that? Sinners and saints? They're priceless? Jesus treated you as priceless before you even knew him. Do we do that for others? That's the wisdom of God. And when you do that, people know that you're approachable. People know that they can trust you. And then you have the opportunity to serve them in a greater way. The creativity of God comes from wisdom, the creativity to touch lives. The last, the last there, Proverbs 3, verse 21 through 26. Let's go ahead and, and read that one very quickly here. My son, let them... Wisdom and understanding not vanish from your sight. Keep sound wisdom and discretion. Hang on to as it says. So they wisdom and understanding will be life to your soul and adornment to your neck. Then you will walk in your way. Your life will be secure and your foot will not stumble. You're not going to crash and burn. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Do not be afraid of sudden fear nor the onslaught of the wicked when it comes. Can I stop for there just a moment before I finish? There are wicked, wicked, wicked powers at work in the world. Satan is against the church. He desires to destroy us. 
That's why the, the brother Jeff been speaking about encouragement so powerful. And that's a blessing in and of itself. God's not going to stop wickedness. You're saying, well, if he's powerful enough, he will. You know how he's going to stop it? Sir Edmund Burke said, all that evil needs to prosper is for good men and women to do nothing. That's what he said. Who then is going to stay and stand the ground to push wickedness back? Light will drive out the darkness, brethren. The wisdom of God is the light of God, as I'm going to preach tonight. The light of God pushes against the darkness and causes it to flee. Where are the good men? Where are the good women? Where are those who are living by the, the wisdom of God? No matter what comes our way, we can stand and push forward. Listen to what this passage is actually saying. In that first verse, my son, let not, let not wisdom vanish from your sight. Keep, keep wisdom and discretion. For they, wisdom and understanding, will be life to your soul and adornment to your neck. Your soul, your very being, will be refreshed. That word there, by the way, where it says here, life to your soul, that word life is refreshment. Refreshment. You've been working out in the hot sun? My wife will come out with a glass of ice water with these things called electrolytes. I'm not sure what those are. And they're tasty little things floating in the water. I think they add the taste. Man, when I drink that, I am refreshed. Another pulse hole, a little bit smaller, is on its way. You're refreshed. You're able to do. You're able to continue to push forward in the difficult times. That's what it's talking about. Your soul, your being will be refreshed and you'll find the joy of God's contentment, his constant provision, grace, and freedom from the burden of sin. That's actually what that's talking about there. In then, then you, your life, uh, he will give life to your soul and adornment to your neck. Go back and look at the Hebrew there. The next one is, you will live a life of confidence and stability, a life unafraid as you trust and rest on God's protection and provision. Someone stood up here just a moment ago and talked about the blessings. Ken, I think it was you. The blessings and provision of God. Or maybe it was Jeff. I don't know. But you know the reality is if you believe in God, will he provide? Even though everything else is falling apart around you, will he provide? Will he protect? What's the answer? The question really is, is do you believe God? Do you believe God's word? Do you believe that he will protect and he'll provide no matter what? That's the question. Do you really walk in his wisdom? Or do you walk in jealous, bitterness, and selfish ambition, as it says? Finally, let's finish. In the difficult times of evil, the Lord will be, your, be at your side. That's literally what this statement says here. Where it says in verse 24, when you lie down, you will not be afraid when you lie down your sleep will see. Do not be afraid of sudden fear nor on the onslaught of wicked when it comes. The Lord will be your confidence. The Lord will be your strength. The Lord will be your deliverer. You're saying, 
And I've said this before, Lord, I don't experience, I'm not experiencing that in my life. You know, the question should be, Lord, am I walking according to your wisdom? Am I seeing this world from a spiritual perspective? Do I know for certain that you will provide? Am I going to rest in your provision? Or am I going to be selfishly bitter about what's happening? Brethren, this life that's filled with pleasant things, this life that's filled with confidence and courage, this life that's filled with refreshment, those are things you can't buy with money. But you'll receive it if you'll walk by wisdom in the Lord. You'll receive it if you fear the Lord in humble adoration and devotion to him. I pray that we'll come to an understanding of what fearing the Lord really means. As we do, our lives will change and it won't matter how much darkness comes, we will still shine the light and drive the darkness out of our life, the life of our loved ones, and the life of those who are held captive by the devil to do his will. Will you walk in wisdom, the wisdom of God with me? Let's pray. Holy Father, we are deeply thankful for the morning hour. We're thankful, dear Heavenly Father, that you've granted to us time to not only remember the sacrifice of your son, but also to, to hear about the, the blessings of the sacrifice that comes with fearing you and walking in your wisdom. Lord God in heaven, I pray that you'll raise us up, a great spiritual army, that we might live that life and set other people free, empowering those who are Christians and setting the captives free as we walk in wisdom. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's all stand up. What did Jesus say to do? He said to go. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Jesus Christ is still the king of kings. King of kings. All right, let's get excited and get her done.